Now, if somebody could turn to 1 Peter 3.15 and read that for us. Okay, so before we start talking about this, let's, help, let's pray, um, and then we will dig into some of these questions. Lord, I thank you for um, the unity of your body, and I thank you that we get to minister to these three people with this food uh, ministry. I just pray, Lord, that you would make that fruitful, um, and that they would be blessed, and that we would see um, <clears throat> them encouraged in the faith through this, and I pray that you would also sanctify us as we um, engage in love, in the love of Jesus. I pray that as we look into your scriptures today that you will um, speak to our hearts, that you will help us to see what your word says, help us to um, be sharpened in the faith. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so in 1 Peter 3.15, we see him um, giving us some direction. And according to this question that appears right, before, right below 1 Peter 3.15, the question is, what type of question are we always to be prepared to answer? <clears throat> or what are we supposed to be able to defend? The reason for the hope that is in you. So that is a question that we are always supposed to be able to deal with as, as believers. Um, this is, um, what do you call it, ground zero? Is that, is that the thing? Um, we're not supposed to know everything, right? We can't expect us, expect ourselves or each other to be able to answer every single question that a person might be able to ask us concerning the scriptures. Not a single person has ever known everything in the Bible and all the whys and hows and to what extents. And it's unreasonable to think that we should know all the answers to everything or even try to attain all the answers to everything. That's just not possible. The scriptures are so deep and so profound and so infinite that we cannot know everything. We know what the Lord wants us to know as we are being faithful and looking to him in his word. But something that we are supposed to be able to do is to give a defense to someone who asks us for a reason for the hope that is in you. So, now, what does that mean? What's the reason for the hope that's in you? Somebody asks you that question. What, is, what does that mean? Yeah. And you believe it. I think the defense is that um, it sounds like you're defending your faith. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the word defense here is just being able to explain. Yeah. And you're exactly right. It's not. It's not going on the defense. Like all of a sudden you're all under attack, and now I have to feel like I have to, you know, defend God. You know, as though God needed defending or whatnot. No, but it's just you're trying to. It's, it's explaining. It's giving a reason. Um, apologia, I suppose. It's, it's not necessarily apologizing for your faith. It's not being all nervous and, well, I need, to, I need to fight the battle. It's, here is why I have the hope in Jesus Christ that I do. And very simply stated, this is my testimony. This is why I know that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. We should be able to tell somebody that. Why do you believe what has brought you to faith? Why do you keep the faith? You know, what is it to you? What is Jesus to you? That's the that's a question we are supposed to be able to answer. 
Again, a lot, of, a lot of people, I've heard it preached from this passage that that means we need to work to be able to answer all the questions that we can possibly um, um, become in contact with. That's not what he's saying here. It's helpful to be able to learn answers to more questions because it's helpful in presenting the gospel to have questions to people's answers, have answers to people's questions. But in this passage, what is necessary for us is to know why why I believe in Jesus, why I follow him. Why have I submitted to his lordship? That's what we're supposed to be able to answer the world. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be a two-hour sermon, but there needs to be some sort of ability to answer somebody if they come and ask you, why in the world do you believe this stuff? I mean, I've been taught in college that this is all bogus. Why do you believe this? I mean, only the ignorant believe this stuff, right? Blind faith, isn't that what they call it? Why do you give yourself to this? We should be able to answer that. Say, well, here's my reason. This is how I came to faith in Christ, and this is why I walk with him. This is why he is my Lord. This is why I obey him. Um, Acts chapter 4, 19 to 20. Somebody could read that. Okay, we cannot <clears throat> but speak the things which we have seen and heard. He, they were being told by the religious leaders, stop talking about this, stop preaching. They said, no, we can't. We can't help it. We have to speak the things that we have seen and heard. 1 John 1, 1 to 4. Somebody could read that. So in these two passages, what were the apostles testifying of? What are they making known? What they had seen and heard. In Acts, they don't go into more detail, but in 1 John here, he goes into a little bit more detail. And I'm not going to be preaching from this passage or anything, but what are some of the things that, they, that he is showing, that he is bearing witness to? <clears throat> in 1 John 1. What are some of the things that he's talking about that he is proclaiming in this book or his life in his life? I mean, what's the first phrase that he uses to open the book with? That which was from the beginning. Now, he's not talking about creation because he, he follows that up with, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. So what in the beginning did, he, did, did John see with his own eyes and hear with his own ears? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus Christ. 
He walked with him for three years-ish, saw him crucified, saw him buried, saw the risen Lord Jesus Christ. He saw and heard all of these things. So that's what he is, John and the other apostles, are giving their life to proclaim to the world. But the important thing for us to see here is, yeah, we were not there when Jesus was crucified. We didn't see him physically nailed to a cross, were we? But the important thing for us to understand is, it is our job as a witness. We talked about this several weeks back. What is a a witness who gives a testimony in a courtroom? What is that? What is that witness doing? Testifying to the truth. truth. And why why would you be called as a witness in a case? Because you're part of it. You're part of the situation. You were there. You have... You had first-hand experience of whatever it is the case is about. Some, or you, somehow you have a relationship with this person being tried. Maybe they're calling you as a character witness. And they're calling you up there to kind of help the uh, jury gain an understanding of who this person is. You have some sort of relationship with the situation in the person being on trial. And as a witness, you know, we... Witness kind of gets, you know, well, I'm, i got to go out and witness. Well, what does that exactly mean? In a way, it, it means the exact same that it means in a courtroom. I have to go and I have to testify of that which I have seen and that which what I have heard. The things that I have experienced concerning the Christ. The things that I have learned and have given myself to and believed upon. I need to go and I need to bear witness of that to a world that has put Jesus on trial as to whether he is true or whether he is false. And I want to see the I want to help the people see what the truth is about this Jesus that the world is constantly wondering, is this guy the son of God or is he not? So in a way, we are similar to the apostles in that when we go out and witness, when we go and fulfill the the great commission, we are going and proclaiming that which we have seen and heard ourselves. Starting with the basics of how in the world did I come to the faith? And then expanding from there. But one, if we're going to be a witness in this world, we need the first to know why in the world I believe in Jesus. Why in the world do I follow him? Because if I don't even know the answer to that question, well maybe it is that I don't really have the true faith that we talked about this morning. If I can't even answer that question. And two, if we can't even answer that question, why in the world would anybody want to believe us if I can't even answer why in the world I believe it? Why should they believe something that I don't even know anything about? You know? I mean, that's the epitome of a creedal faith, not a sincere faith. Excuse me. So we are going out and we are testifying of that which we have seen with our spiritual eyes and just and our physical eyes as we see the Lord working and transforming in our, us in our lives. Seen and heard. Heard the things we've learned of Christ. The things that I have been brought into the full family of God. And now I am learning of Jesus. I am turning the pages of this Bible. And I am learning about him. I am learning about his grace. I am learning about his sanctifying power. I am learning about the nature of just who he is as God. The son of God. And that's what I go out and I bear witness of. I'm not going out fulfilling some sort of uh, sacramental obligation. Well, I've got to go on, you know, Saturday morning witnessing, you know, 
at 7 a.m., which is a horrible time to do it, by the way, because <laughs> people are still in bed. <laughs> um, I've had I've heard people tell me that they did this Saturday, Saturday morning. You know, their churches had regular Saturday morning um, canvassing, they would call it, I guess, or witnessing. They'd go out and knock on doors, and people would talk about how some people would come to the door in their bathrobe. <laughs> it's like, that's not really a situation you want to be in. <laughs> um, but anyway, what are we doing? We are testifying not just about facts. We are testifying of things that we have seen and heard and have come to believe and put our faith in. So it's a personal thing. Witnessing is a personal thing. We're not just going out being teachers, teaching people just stuff that happens to be about Jesus. No, we are, this witnessing is a personal thing. We are telling people what I have seen, what I have heard, what I have come to believe and follow. And here's the reason why. So first, you know, this is, if you want some, some uh, homework, besides your chapter four homework, go home, try to think through, what would I, how would I answer the question, why do you believe this? Why? Not just what do you believe, because a lot of us would find that question a lot easier to answer. What do I believe? About what is, what is grace? What is faith? How is a person saved? What's baptism all about? Those answers are actually kind of easy to answer, especially if we've been going to church for a number of years and we've been hearing the teaching. Sometimes the harder question is, why do you believe it? Out of all the things in this world to believe, why do you believe this? Go home and think about that. I'm not going to necessarily ask you to tell us what you wrote down, but maybe you might want to take opportunity next week. I'll, I'll open it up next week for opportunities to tell Okay, what, what did you write down about why do you believe it? How did you come to believe this? Not just what the facts are, but why do you hold to them? All right, 1 Chronicles chapter 17, and then this will be our closing passage. 1 Chronicles 17. Let's look at that together. Verses 20 to 25. If somebody would like to read that when they get there. Okay, so there's a question below here that says, was King David, quote-unquote, witnessing in this passage? He wasn't standing at his neighbor's door. But does this fit the mold of testifying of the things that he has 
seen and heard? Why or why not? Which I'm glad you brought that up, because that's a big part of actually what witnessing is. It's a form of worship for us. And you kind of, you know, killed the spoil, you know, spoiled the the end. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, because I'm glad you saw that. Because what we need to understand is that witnessing is not just some task that we need to learn how to manipulate people's minds into believing what we believe. Witnessing is a form of worship because one, if we have seen it and we have heard it, isn't that something we should glory in? If the Lord has revealed this to us and opened our eyes to see it so that we might believe it, shouldn't that be amazing to us? Should that not be worship when we speak of it? When we go out and we witness to somebody or a conversation comes up and we just start blah, everything that God has done for us. That is worship. That is beautiful in the eyes of God because God is beautiful in the eyes of you. So in, as we witness and we testify of the things that we have seen and heard, we are glorifying God for the things that he has revealed to us. Just like he says here for, in verse 25, For you, O Lord, have revealed to your servant that you will build him a house. Therefore your servant has found, you know, yours, yours says courage to pray before you. In my translation it says founded in his heart to pray before you. And if you were to go on it says, And now, O Lord, you are God and have promised this goodness to your servant. Now you have been pleased to bless the house of your servant that I may continue before you forever. For you have blessed it, O Lord, and it shall be blessed forever. I mean, this is worship, but he is also witnessing. He is bearing witness of the things that God has shown him, the things that God has promised him. He has seen this take place throughout some of his life as he has seen God fight for his people because he has sanctified Israel in his heart, counted them as their, his precious people. I mean, does this not all sound familiar? I mean, this is all parabolic of what's going to happen in Christ. He has made us his special people. He has called us out. He has made us his own. And now we get to testify of it. You know, we pray and we worship God in our closet. Really bearing witness to a lot of the things that we would say to another person. If we were testifying to them about how in the world we have come to believe this. Because God has revealed it to me. That's why I want you to know about this. Because here are the things that God has shown me. Here are the things that God has opened my eyes to see that I didn't see before. But now I see it because God has opened my eyes. And now I'm, now I'm showing it to you. But some of that same stuff, we're actually praying to God in our closet. In the form of just personal worship. And now we're still glorifying God as we go out and magnifying him. In other words, making him known to the world. Putting him on display to the world. What do you, I mean, every single high school you walk into, except for ones that aren't good at anything, what do they have when you walk into the, um, <laughs> into, the, into the big front room? They have a big display case filled with what? Trophies. trophies. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to a school that didn't have a trophy case somewhere where everybody can see it when they walk into the school. Why? Because that's, that's the pride of that school. Not just that school, that's the pride of that city because that school stands for the city. And the city 
supports that school and loves their students and, want, and goes to their games and wants to see them succeed. They have a big display case of these trophies that mean something to them. It shows something that's been accomplished through the, through the talent and the hard work of the students and the coaches. And we are putting God on display because he is worth showing to the world. That is glorifying. So when we're witnessing, we are worshiping and we are glorifying God. And that's something we need to understand. And that's, that's why I wanted to take you to this passage with David that really, I mean, at first glance, it really doesn't look like it has anything to do with witnessing. But in a way, he is witnessing. Because like I said, not to be repetitive, but he is testifying to the things that he has heard, that God has told him, that God has revealed to him, and that God has shown him through his active work in the nation as David has been um, leading the people before God. There's not really a whole lot of difference between the content of witnessing and the content of worshiping and glorifying God. That's something we need to, that can kind of help us take heart when we witness. Because it's not about this defense. We're not trying to, we're not going on the defense when we're going out and witnessing, being prepared to get attacked. What we're doing is we're simply magnifying God to the world. We're taking the precious treasure that God has given us and we're revealing it to everybody else so that they can too come to the knowledge of the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ because of his unconditional, um, confusing love to us. Any questions, comments? All right, well, let's pray.